begin. Now we know it's for real that we're beginning when the recording goes off. Which which um pasuk, which chumash, which rashi? Actually, um, yesterday's and today's chitas. So we're going to be, you know, we're in Re'e, and we're going to start with um, pasuk Dalit in Paragud Base. The sikhas that we get that we're learning from, are they just recently translated? Or are they translated from way back? Yeah, they were recently, they are recently translated. In fact, they get translated a few days sometimes before we use them. Good morning, everyone. Um, we are learning today as we have been in the schos of our four Shalema Kreva for Harav Yosef Yitzhak Ben Sima Chasya. We're learning a sikha on Parshas Re'eh. And with your permission, we're just going to go through some of the psukim and a few of the rashis that the Rebbe refers to. Um, and this way we'll kind of, um, we'll position ourselves in a place where it's going to be easier to follow the sikha. Um, so we're going to look at, we're going to start with Pasuk Dalid in Paragud Beis. So it's um, some of, la, of yesterday's chitas. So, of course, the Parsha uh, begins with Moshe Rabbeinu telling B'nai Yisrael, they're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, and this is what I want you to do. And then in Pasuk Gimel, um, Parakud Beis, Moshe says, You should demolish their altars. I want you to smash their, um, their matzevis. I want you to burn their Asherah trees and, and cut down the idolatrous statues and uh, really, you know, um, completely wipe away any vestige of the idolatrous culture that you're going to be confronting when you come into Eretz Yisrael. And in Pasuk Dalet, um, the Pasuk says, You must not act this way when you serve Hashem, your God. And Rashi says, I'm just going to do the first part. And this is the theme of the Sicha, that Bnei Yisrael would not be able to um, worship Hashem wherever they feel like doing so. But at certain points in history, they would have to bring their kabbanos only to the place that Hashem chose. And this is um, said in very clear fashion. You must sacrifice rather only in the place which Hashem chooses from among all of the Shvatim to rest his Shechina. You will seek out where Hashem wants to be and you will come there. Vav. And you'll bring there your various um, karbanes to Hashem. And take note that in Pasuk Hey, Rashi says, You'll seek out where Hashem will be dwelling. We'll return to that. And when um, it says in Pasuk Vav, you'll bring your burnt offering, your peace sacrifices, etc. Rashi says that this refers to the Shlomim Shel Chayva. So when it comes to the Karbanais, they, they are absolutely obligated to bring. Those will only be able to be brought um, where Hashem, in the place where Hashem chooses, so that the places in between Shiloi and the base Hamikdash and the places before um, there were there were there were um, Mishkanites like we're going to where there were there were Ayamayid and they were able to bring up the Kabanais that were Chayva. But when these did not exist and they brought on Bamais, they brought um, sacrifices in 
various places that were not chosen by Hashem, there you could only bring a carbon that you brought of your own volition, not a carbon chayva, but uh, like a carbon shlamim, a carbon taida, a carbon that you wanted. I don't know about shlamim, but a carbon taida that you wanted to bring, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, so now we're going to just look at one more pasuk for the for the moment, and that's pasuk tes, continuing in parakut base. And why? Um, why won't you be able to just bring wherever you want? Because Hashem wants you to bring in a certain place, but but you will not yet have come to the resting place or the permanent abode. And Rashi says, when is this talking about? It's talking about the 14 years of conquest and then the um partitioning of the land to to give the parcels to the various shvatim this process took 14 years and during this time they had not yet come el hamnucha rashi says this means shilai and nachla means yerushalayim they will not yet have a permanent place where hashem will rest hishrina and therefore during that time, they could bring on Bamais. Okay. So now, and, and, and you could see the difference of what they're allowed to bring and what not in Pasuk Ches. And look at Rashi. This is referring to above. For you're crossing over the Yardin. Now, Maisha says, you can't bring on a Bamba. But when you cross over the yard, immediately you'll be able to. You'll be able to bring um, your sacrifices on a Bamba, a private Mizbeach, for the 14 years of conquest and, uh, and, and, and um, division of the land. Uh, but on the Bamas, you will not be able to bring everything that you're bringing today in the Mishkan. No, you won't be able to do that. But you will be able to bring, um, on a Bama, you'll be able to bring a Karbanidarim and a, and a Karbanidava. And that's what it means when it says, Ish Yashar Every man, whatever a man sees fit in his eyes. Okay, so those are the psukim, and 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 those are a few snippets from Rashi that will serve us well as a backdrop for today's sicha. Aleph, benegei lechiyuv lahaviyu lahakriv karbonis bebeis hamikdash dafka. So regarding the obligation to bring karbonis dafka in the base hamikdash, or in the mishkan, v'ha'isor lahakriv michutz lamikdash. And the prohibition on bringing a carbon outside of the mikdash, Hamidubarim Parsha Senu, about which is spoken in our parsha, Nimanim b'Mishnah, Valderasa b'Sifri, Hashlavim Shahayu So the Mishnah, and and in like fashion the Sifri, delineate the different stages, the the different eras, during and and how this worked. So the Mishnah says, mm-hmm. From when the Mishkan was erected, bringing a korban on a private Mizbeach was prohibited. But after the Mishkan, um, when they came to the temporary resting place in Gilgal, they were once again permitted to use Bamois. But once the Mishkan, the bias, was erected in Shiloi, it was once again prohibited to bring Karbanais on private altars. And, and the Mishnah says, And the structure in Shiloi did not have a roof, but rather it was a structure, it was a house made of stone. 
And this is what the Torah re refers to when it says in that pasuk that we just did, pasuk test, so the word menucha, resting place, refers to Shiloh. But then after, and that was quite a long time, almost 400 years that they were in Shiloh, but after that, but then when they had the temporary um, sanctuaries in Noiv and Givain, once again, Bama's private altars were permitted. When the base Hamikdash was erected in Yerushalayim, and once again, the Bama's were prohibited, and there was no longer any um, allowance for bringing Karbanais on a private altar. And this is what the Torah refers to when it says, um, in, again, in that pasuk, So this is what is referred to, Yerushalayim, when the Torah uses the word nachala, your permanent um, inheritance or abode. Now, the Rebbe says, so when you look at the terminology of the Mishnah, you understand. The reason why from when they came to Shiloh, it became prohibited to bring Karbanais on a private altar is because in Shiloh they had a structure, a house made of stones. And this was considered a resting place, meaning there was a permanence to this. And it was not like um, in Gilgal, where they did set up a sanctuary, but it was very temporary. It was referred to as as opposed to Shiloi, where it was a structure made out of stone, and that connotes permanence. And the Rambam, when he refers to Shiloi, he says, Nikra Shiloi bias. Shiloi was called a bias, a house, as opposed to an ayel mayed, a tent of meeting. Bitsarat lahavin. The Rebbe says we have to understand. Halei mefurish bekasov. Ki lo yashavti bebayis lemiyoyim ha'alesi es b'nei Yisrael memitzrayim ba'at ha'yem hazeh ve'eya mishalech ba'ayel u'bemishkan. The Rebbe says that there is a chasuk in Shmuel Beis that says, I have not sat in a house, Hashem is saying, from the day that I took B'nai Yisrael Adam Yitzrayim until this day, and I rather walked or, or um, was in a tent and a mishkan. So from this pasuk, it's understood that when Hashem is saying, I, I until the base Hamigdash. I didn't have a house. I I I walked um, in in a oil and in a mishkan. It seems to be saying that Shiloi was not considered a bias. It was also considered a form of mishkan, or a mishkan bevad, or just a tent. So the Rebbe says, "Ube pashtus efshar But simply speaking, we can explain. That when you look at Shiloi and how it is referred to, whether it is referred to as a bias, granting it permanence and some kind of status more akin to the Beis HaMikdash, or rather, on the other hand, it's referred to as a Oihel or a Mishkan, the Rebbe says, it depends what you're comparing it to. If you're if you're comparing it to the Mishkan, which is also referred to as a tent of meeting, then Shiloi is considered a house because it wasn't something that was constructed in in a way where it was meant to be pulled apart and then once again erected. Okay, so it wasn't like Lego; um, it was a, a a stone structure. Masha Enkain, on the other hand, the Gabi Beis Hamigdash Yerushalayim. But if you're comparing it to the Beis Hamigdash Yerushalayim, Eina Ella Aihel, then compared to the Beis Hamigdash, Shilai is can be um, referred to as a tent.
Rebbe says, okay, אבל מזה שיש נפקמינה מזה בדין מסוים, איסר הבמאיס, but the fact that there's a difference in terms of what you could do להלכה, and that refers to the allowance or lack thereof of offering carbonis on private um, altars, mash mashagam b'mishkan shilei hayagedeh shel bayis, v'lachain hi haysa menucha. This means, this teaches us that the Mishkan in Shilei was also, at the end of the day, in the category of bias, and therefore the Torah refers to it as Minucha in this week's Parsha, resting place. And so we have to understand what is the difference between Shiloi and the Beis Hamikdash. Beis. The Rebbe says we might say that the explanation is as follows. Matsinu, we found, we find that the Pasuk brings together, includes in one term, both Shiloi and the Beis Hamikdash in Yerushalayim, because the Pasuk, Hamokam Yifchar, Hashem, which is, if you'll take a look for a minute, in Perak Yud Dalit in our Parsha, Chafhei. So the Pasuk says, V'nasata ba'kosef b'tzarta ha'kesef b'yadcha. You shall then exchange it for money, carry the money in a bundle in your hand, v'halachta el'amokai ma'sha'yivcha Hashem alakecha boy. And you should go to the place that the eternal, your God, will choose. And the Sifri, say, uh, the sifri says, Isa b'sifri zu shiloi u beis elamin. That this is a reference to both shiloi and the base of Middash. The Lamatsinu came Binagela Mishkan Shalafana, the Gamloi Binagela Mikdash Binoivan. And we don't find that the Mishkan before Shiloi, nor the Mishkanais that were in Naiv and a Givain should fall into the same category. Shiloi and the Beis Hamikdash are put into one category, whereas the other Mishkanais are in a different category. And the difference between the other Mishkanites and Shilei is, is readily understood. When the Mishkan was erected in the Midbar, in the desert, So although once the Mishkan was erected, there was a moratorium on bringing your carbon on a private altar, that's true, and you had an obligation to bring carbonites only in the Mishkan. But still in all, the Mishkan was not erected in the place that Hashem chose. Because the most, um, the, the central Defining characteristic of the Mishkan was that it was not situated in one place. But rather, it wandered, it was carried from one place to another, one journey, another journey. And for sure, you can't say about the 14 years that B'nai Yisrael spent conquering um, the land, and then dividing it. And during that time, the Mishkan was in, in Gilgal, but there was no such thing as encampments. So for sure, we, we, we can't say that that's Hamokam HaShayif HaShem. Masha'enkein, in contradistinction, al Shiloi, Chola HaHagdora Hamokoi HaShayif HaShem. But regarding Shiloi, yes, that does get the designation of the place that HaShem chose. Because Shiloi was a uh, a set place, it was a place where the where the Mishkan stayed. 
Shin Samach Teshona for 369 years. Ume Mela, and therefore, and therefore, during the time that the house of Hashem was erected in Shiloh, there was a prohibition on bringing carbonates in any other place outside of Shiloh. And for this reason, the structure there was made of stone. In other words, it was made of something that connotes permanence, benikra b'shem bias, and it's not called a mishkan, it's not called a ayamayid, it's called a bias. Ki shal Because when you say you're setting up a house, when you make a stone structure, you're broadcasting that this is Kvius, that this is set, that you're setting this down. You're not, this is not going to be transitory, this is not going to be transient. Gimel. And now we're in a position to understand the difference between what we are taught regarding the permissibility of using private altars when they came into the land and they came to Gilgal. And later, the permissibility of using private altars after Shilei was destroyed and they came to Noiv and to Givain. And in the words of the Rambam, Because from the day that they seized the encampments, the very specific way in which the Jews encamped when they were traveling. And they came into Eretz Yisrael. And this was the time that they came to Gilgal. And during this time, the, the, the negative prohibition, the mitzvah loisaseh, nistalka, it was lifted, it went away. The nishar mutar, and what remained was license. That anybody that wants to bring a sacrifice on a private altar can do that just like before the Mishkan was erected. Now, the permissibility to bring a carbon on a private altar of that time, it kind of happened by default because there were no longer encampments. So it's like it was to begin with, we revert back to how it was before the Mishkan was ever constructed in the first place, the very first Mishkan. But in contradistinction, but when it comes to the permissibility, the license to bring a carbon on a private altar after Shiloi, for this, you can't just like coast on the default. You actually need to find a particular teaching in the Torah that allows you to do that. And like the Gemara explains from the, from the Pasuk that we have looked at in our Parsha, so the Gemara says in these words, okay, this we know and Rashi taught us, why did the Pasuk have to delineate both? Because we know, right, that there's no extraneous verbiage in the Torah, so why do we need both? The reason they're delineated separately is to allow for the heter, for the license to bring carbonus on bamais between these two. This means that once there was the bias in Shiloh and there was this permanent structure constructed, it's not so simple to revert back to the default of before the first Mishkan when you could bring a carbon on Obama. And therefore, we have to have specific 
license and limud from the Torah in order to do this. And the Rebbe says, and what do we learn from the Gemara saying that it says, in order to give us permission between these two times, between Shiloh and the Beis Hamikdash to bring up Karbonais, why do we need this? Because the, the possibility, the plausibility of bringing Karbonais and Bamais at that time, which is obviated by this particular Limut. Okay, let's um, look um, after the brackets for a minute. The reason why you need to have this limud, this particular teaching that teaches you that you could bring karbanais on a bama between Shiloh and Yerushalayim is because you could have a very strong, cogent, plausible reason to believe that from when they were in Shiloh, from that time, even after Shiloh was destroyed, there is no longer the possibility of bringing a carbon on a bama. And now to go back in the brackets, it's not because there would be a mishkan in in Naiv or in Gibbon, but rather the Reb explains because you could really think, in other words, it makes a lot of sense to think that once the, the Mishkan was in Shiloh, the bias was in Shiloh, we can no longer revert back to the old um, model of bringing Karbanas and Bamais. That's that's over. Therefore, the Pasuk in, in our Parsha has to come. And what is the novelty? It comes to teach us that there is permissibility to bring karbanis and bamais between Shiloi and the base Hamidish. The Rashi And we also learn this from what Rashi explains in the Gemara. From where do we know? How will we know that there is a permissibility to bring a carbon and a bama? after the Kedusha, the sanctification of Shilai, which was destroyed. And it's only from this puzzle. seemingly, So now the Rebbe says, wait a minute, what should be the reason that we should say that from when the Jews had Shilai, you, after that you can no longer bring a carbon on Bamis? But the Rebbe says, but it's, it comes from, it's proven from, because what was different about Shiloh, what was novel about Shiloh, was the permanence of space. This now became a permanent place. 369 years is, is not a, 369 years is not a small amount of time. And this permanence in place for such a long time, that wasn't something the Jews had with any other Mishkan. You could see why it's Hamokam Hashem. It's a place that Hashem chose. And so this nullified the idea of being able to bring Karbanais on a private altar, on a Bama. But afterwards, there's a special limud, the Gemara learns out from the Pasuk in our Parsha, that yes, there is a heter to bring Karbanas and Abama from between Shiloi and the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. Dalit. If there is such a strong correlation between Shiloi and the base Hamikdash, if Shiloi is considered Hamokam Hashem, so then in Dalit the Rebbe says, Avalal Pizet So now, based on this, we have to understand 
מאחר שגם בנגיעה לשילוי נאמר הלושן המקויים אשר יבחר השם, once we see that in relation to שילוי, the words המקויים אשר יבחר השם are used, the place that השם chose, למה נקרא דווקא בייס המקדש בירושלים בשם בייס הבחירה? So now we have a question and we ask, why is דווקא the בייס המקדש called בייס הבחירה, the house of choice? And why is Shiloh not included in, under the category of Beis HaBchira, the house of choice? And you're forced to say, So we're forced to say that although it's true that Shiloh is called the place that Hashem chose, but there is a difference in the choice between Shiloh and Yerushalayim. And now the Rebbe is going to take us into that difference. For Yuvonze, and we'll understand this, and we're going to understand the difference vis-a-vis the choosing of Shiloh and the choosing of the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim by looking very carefully and critically at the terminology regarding the obligation to bring Karbanais in the house of Hashem in our Parsha. So now please um, take a look at Pasuk Hei Imperat Yud Beis. This is the Pasuk that the Rebbe is going to look at now first. Betchila, Nemar Bekasov. So first, the Pasuk says, Lo isasun kein l'Hashem elekechem. Dehainu kapersh Rashi lahakdir l'Shamayim b'chol makayim. That was Pasuk Dalit. And then, and then the, the Torah continues. This is Pasuk Hei. Ki emel ha-mokom ha-shayivcha Hashem elekechem. Mikol shivtechem. Losum eshemoy sham. And now, l'shichnoi tidrishu uvasa shama. And then Pasuk Vav. Vavesem shama elesechem. So the Rebbe says like this. And after this, what does the Torah say? Okay. And the that the first pasuk, pasuk hey, Amor Inyan Shiloi, is speaking about Shiloi. And the second pasuk, which is the first pasuk of today's Chitas, again, Perak Yud Beis, pasuk Yud Aleph, Amor Inyan Yerushalayim. So in Pasuk Yur Aleph, Vayam Mokam Ashayivcha Hashem Lekechem Boy Lushakin Shmoy Sham, Shama Taviu is Kalashar Nechim Mitzabeschem. This is talking about Yerushalayim. So we have two different Sukkim, and the Rebbe is going to look very carefully at the difference in how they speak about Karbanais. And then this is going to help us understand the difference in the choice of Shiloh and Yerushalayim. And the Rebbe says, So, in addition to the fact that the first is talking about Shiloh and the second is talking about Yerushalayim, but there's another important distinction. Okay, look back to Yud Bey's Vav in Yud Bey's Vav, the Pasuk begins with the subject of the Pasuk is the person. You shall bring there. In halachic terminology, 
This is called the gavra. It's talking about what the person has to do. Okay, now compare and contrast that to Pasuk Yud Aleph. Masha Ein came with Pasuk Hasheni in Pasuk Yud Aleph, the second Pasuk, what is underscored. And the beginning of the Pasuk is Alamokim. It begins with talking. So in the Pasuk that's referring to Shilai, it talks about the Gavra. It focuses on, the subject is the Havesem, you will bring. In Pasuk Yur Aleph, which is talking about Yerushalayim, the subject is Hashem. The focus is on the place that Hashem will choose. Over there, you should bring all the karbanas that I command upon you. And we might say, That this distinction, this differentiation in the focus, in the subject of the Pasuk, flows from the general difference between these two Pasukim. When the Torah begins this discussion, it begins with bringing us the prohibition on doing what the other nations were doing in that land. They were offering incense in any place they wanted. And in continuation of this prohibition, and as a result of this prohibition, comes the words of Hashem that rather you should bring your sacrifices in this particular place. Meaning, the Rebbe says the underlying choice of that place was obviating the bringing of karbanis wherever you wanted to. So Hashem says you can't bring karbanis wherever you want. I'm going to um, delineate one particular place. You're going to bring karbanis to the, in this place to the exclusion of all other places. And this is what I chose. This is going to be the place. It's going to be in Shilai. because of Hasheni. But in contrast, in the second Pasuk, which is talking about Yerushalayim, it begins from a very different point of departure. It begins from the positive place. There will be a place that Hashem is going to choose. He's going to choose that place to rest his glory. And that's where you should bring your kabanas. It, it's even more. You should bring karbanas there as a result of the fact that I chose this place to be holy. Not like in the first instance, I don't want you to bring karbanas all over the place. So I'm going to choose a place. The place is Shiloi. But you could say like in the, in the, in the earlier instance, it's like damage control, okay? We can't have you bring your carbonates wherever you want. We're going to choose one place, and that's where you're going to bring carbonates. But it begins, the antecedent begins in the fact that people are bringing carbonates all over the place, and Hashem says, I don't want that. Whereas in the Pasuk that talks about Yerushalayim, it begins with saying, this is the place I chose. This is the place I chose to rest my Shechina. This is going to be the holy place. Because there is such a place that is the nexus of sanctity and holiness, therefore you should bring Karbanis there. (laughs) 
hey, and we understand from this. It's true. It's true that Shilai was also chosen. But in the type of choice, there is a very basic and important difference between Shilai and Rishalayim. Choosing Shiloi was an outgrowth of the fact that Hashem did not want them to bring carbonis in any place, wherever they want. So if Hashem doesn't want you to bring up carbonis wherever you want, so Hashem has to say, okay, I'm going to choose one place. We're going to do this in an organized fashion. This is where you're going to bring carbonos to the exclusion of all other places. Okay, this is this is really the clincher. This was a choosing of a place for a very particular reason. Okay, the choice was compelled by a, a reason. I need to have a central place where B'nai Yisrael are going to bring their kabbanis. Masha enkein Yerushalayim. But this is not the case when it comes to Yerushalayim. In stark contradistinction, Yerushalayim hu ha-makam shabachar bay Hashem lo'i machmastam. Ela lihiyaisai makam hashrash chinasa yizbarech. But Yerushalayim was chosen for no reason. And we've spoken about this before when we've, we've learned other, other sikhs, that this is the inning of real Bechira, right? And that's why only Hashem actually has Bechira. Because all the choices that we make, ostensibly free choices, are all compelled by reasons. Yes, you freely chose to buy that shirt, but that's because it was your size and you liked the color and it looked good on you and you could afford it and it was in the store, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Hashem is the only, I don't know what, only Hashem can make choices that are completely unencumbered, that are completely unimpeded. And this then is the nature of true choice. And Yerushalayim, the Rebbe says, is an example of this. Wasn't chosen for any reason. But Hashem chose it, Liyasai Makaim Hashrash Kinasa Yizbarh. Umimela. And once Hashem chose it as an outgrowth of Hashem choosing it, Zeugam Kina Makam Shabai, Srika Liyas Hakravas Hakabanish Shama Taviyu. Once it's chosen as a holy place, for that reason you have to bring the Kabanis. Whereas Shilai did not have inherent chosenness. Pragmatically, you could say, quote unquote, Hashem needed to have one central place where the Kabbalists would be brought, and that place was Shilai. And yes, Hashem chose Shilai and not uh, Mitzpah Ramon, but there wasn't a uh, this idea of Mamish Bechira, which is unimpeded by any external reasons at all. To say this a little bit differently. Choosing Shilai was necessary because B'nai Yisrael needed a place to bring Karbanis. Because the Abishra no longer wanted them to bring Karbanis everywhere else, like was possible when you were allowed to bring on private altars. So B'nai Yisrael needed a place. Sashem chose Shilai. But choosing Yerushalayim, but this was not compelled by any need. It wasn't propelled by any agenda. But it was rather Hashem chose this place and this is where I will rest forever and ever. We're going to get to that, Arit. Vav. Min ha-chiluk ba'efen ha-bechira shabain shilali Yerushalayim. 
מסתעף כאילו גם בשייכס על העניין הנבחר. So from the difference vis-a-vis how Shiloh and Yerushalayim were chosen is driven also a difference that relates to what is chosen, okay? We spoke about the difference in the choice. Now we're going to speak about the difference in the chosen. From the perspective, from the perspective of choosing Shiloi in order for there to be one place to bring Karbanais, it would have been enough to just choose a place. That's it. Just you just pragmatically need a place, even if no house is built there. Um Chani, uh, wait, let me open up the chat because I just see it like flitting above. Uh, yes, yes. This is like the idea that we cannot understand Hashem's taiva to have this world. It's from a deep place beyond understanding. And by the way, um, I think maybe for sure we have to understand this idea of the Am Hanifchar. We were not chosen because we're smarter. We were not chosen because we have uh, longer noses and higher SAT scores and larger estates in the Hamptons. Hashem chose us, and that is our greatness. We were not chosen because we're great. So now the Rebbe says, regarding the difference, so Shilai was chosen because there needs to be a place where all of B'nai Yisrael will come and bring Kabanis. But the chosenness of Yerushalayim is an essential, an essential chosenness, not compelled or propelled or forced by any reason. And therefore, it's Tam Hamagbil. When you choose something for a particular reason, then there are ipso facto going to be limitations, clauses that come along with it. So let's say you choose a place because it's beautiful. And then there's destruction there and the place becomes a horban and it's not beautiful anymore. So you're out of there, you're bouncing because you chose it for a reason. And every reason comes with limitation. But Yerushalayim was not chosen for any reason. And therefore, it includes both the place and the bias in that place. Even more. Once we understand that the Abishad chose this place for his resting forever move on and we understand that the ultimate resting as it were of Hashem's presence practically manifests in the house and therefore we call that house base habakhira because it's the house that kind of brings the choice to fruition. And this too can be seen and, as, and is underscored in the differences of the terminologies in the two psukim that we're looking at. About Shila, it says, the place that Hashem chose to put his name there. But when it comes to Yerushalayim, in Shilai, Hashem didn't choose that place. He needed a place. He needed a place to rest his name. To put his name. But when it comes to Yerushalayim, Hashem chose that place. Zion. 
Al pizem muvan. And now we are in a position to understand Mashakara Rambam Lehilchos Elu Hilchos Beis Habechira. Now we understand why the Rambam called the halachos regarding the Beis Hamikdash the halachos of the chosen house. Af al pisha betchila bekateret lahalachos Beis Lehilchos Beis Habechira Sham Nimnu Hamitzvah Shenizbaru Behilchos Elu Kasev Rambam Shamitzvah Rishani He lived in his Beis Hamikdash, even though. In the heading that comes before the Hilchas Beis Habachira, where are enumerated the mitzvahs that are going to be explained in this section, there the Rambam says that the first mitzvah is to build the Beis Hamikdash, the Loi Beis Habachira. And he doesn't use the terminology Beis Habachira, he uses the terminology Beis Hamikdash. And in like fashion, when he gets into these halachas, take a betchilas halacha rishana hevis akasu va'asuli mikdash. Right away, he brings the pasuk va'asuli mikdash v'loy hakasu shenemar by lashain bechira. And he doesn't bring a pasuk that has the terminology of bechira of choice. And yes, sir, okay. And even more as halacha shalachrez eidet beis hamikdash karam b'mashim mikdash. And then in the ensuing halachas after this, he refers to beis hamikdash as a mikdash, and he uses the term clay hamikdash and bias mikdash. And through this, he is underscoring sheikar hachidush beis hamikdash b'yerushalayim beis elamim. With all of this, he's underscoring that the whole idea of Asuli Mikdash, everything about building the Mikdash, is an outgrowth of Hashem's Bechira. It's not that Hashem says, I want a house. Now let's find the right neighborhood. No. Hashem shows a place. And this is the base Habchira. And then Hashem says, build me the house. And it's not just the place that is chosen, it's the house that is the chosen. So based on everything we've said above, we also have to explain the terminology of the Rambam and these halachas where he writes that that once the Mikdash was built in Yerushalayim, once the base Mikdash was built, it was prohibited to build a house for Hashem anywhere else, period, exclamation point. Seemingly, we would think that since the main novelty of the eternity of the Beis HaMikdash is that it was chosen, not we would think that the Rambam would have used the term once the eternal home was chosen, you can't have a house for Hashem anywhere else. Yes, sir, okay, and even more. The Michilta actually does use this terminology. The Michilta says, So we have that terminology. And yet, So the Rambam, who certainly knew the Lashon of the Michilta, does not embrace that Lashon. And he specifically says, from when it was built. Based on what was said above, we might say, There are actually two facets. There are two details, two subsidiary aspects in the choosing of the Mikdash in Yerushalayim. Each one in its time. Habchira b'makom hamikdash, asher b'har hamaria, shahaisa b'meha avais orit. So first, there was the choosing of the place where the mikdash would be, and that was har hamaria. 
And that was already something that was chosen. And we know already we have references to it in the Torah from the time of the Avais. That's why, because Avram had certain knowledge of this. That's where he built the Mizbeach. That's where he bound Yitzchak. Like the Rambam delineates in Perak Beis all the historic things that took place in exactly this, this um, location. And then, and Khani, this I think is also going to answer your question. And then there is the second facet, the second overlay, and that is the choosing of the house itself. And this um, novel aspect was introduced when the Mikdash was built in Yerushalayim. And so although Yerushalayim was, and, and Hara Maria was chosen at the beginning of time, we know this because one of the things we learn is that Adam was created from the earth of that particular place. But, the Rebbe says, but from when the Beis HaMikdash was built, then there was the additional completion of the choice of that place. The Lachain Dafka, and therefore, specifically, as then, And that's why, from that moment that the Beis HaMikdash was built, it became prohibited to build a house for Hashem in any other place. And now we understand why the Rambam brings proof texts, citations from the Suvin, not from the Torah. He brings down Vayemer David Zehu Bayis Beis Hashem Halikim, Vizem is Beach Loyal Yisrael, Shabazem Ashmi Enu. Because by bringing down this, it teaches us It teaches us that Hashem chose not only the place, but also the house itself. The Hapasa Kasheni and the second proof text that Rambam brings down is because this pasuk underscores that Hashem chose this place not for any reason, not for any utilitarian purpose, because you need a place to bring carbonates. But Zeis Minuchasi, this is my resting place. That's all. And this underscores that this cho the, the choice is in the house itself. And now the Rebbe brings out another reason, uh, another distinction. I'll test, I'll present, move on. And now we're in a position to understand. The Rebbe referred to this in Siv Dalit that when it talks about Shema, you will bring there. The pasuk, the subject of the pasuk is the person. And because there's a person, and the person has to bring a korban, there has to be a shama, there has to be a location where he should bring his korban. But in Pasuk Yud Aleph, which talks about Yerushalayim, Ksiv Betchila Shama Taviu, the subject of that verse is the location. The holiness of that place compels a person to come and bring karbanis. Again, when it talks about Shiloi, a person has an obligation to bring karbanis, they need a place to bring the karban. When it talks about Yerushalayim, the place is holy. And therefore, it beckons to the person that they should come. 
So it's the opposite point of departure. The obligation to bring carbonis and to do so dafka specifically in Chile when the Mishkan was standing there is an obligation that devolves about on the person, on the gavra. Because B'nai Yisrael were, were um, I'm so sorry, everybody, just one. Second, I'm going to mute myself for just one second. I'm so sorry. Um, so there's a chiyuv, there's an obligation to bring karbanais, and that is the obligation on the person, because B'nai Yisrael were commanded to bring karbanais. And so once you have this chiyuv, you, you need to have a place where to bring the karbanais. So therefore, So Hashem chose for them a place, and this was Shilai, and this will be the place where they will bring the Karbanais. And this is because they have a prohibition of bringing Karbanais anywhere else. But when it comes to Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim was Hashem's choice. For itself, not for any ulterior motive, for any other purpose. Therefore, v'koi al chefza al habayis beis habchira. So the mitzvah is on the thing. In this case, the thing is the base hamigdash, the base habchira. Yesh loimar shemitzvah hakravasham lahakriv kol hakabanis beis habchira. We might say that the mitzvah of bringing karbanis there. It's because of the thing, the base Hamikdash, and also the Korban. But it's not the, the 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 focus is not on the person. Okay. So there are mitzvahs that every person is obligated to do. And then there are mitzvahs that just has to do with the chefza, that if you happen to have this thing, then you have to do such and such. But you don't have a, you don't have to do the mitzvah. It the mitzvah derives from the thing itself. That's the difference between chafza and gavra. And so through this will become more readily understood. The Rebbe uses the term yumtak. It will be sweetened. Um, the terminology that the Rambam uses in his Mishnah Torah, the mitzvah ha'akrava b'beis ha'bechira, when he speaks about the mitzvah to bring karbonos in the chosen house in the Beis HaMikdash, shaloi pasach b'chiyuv ha'adam. The Rambam does not begin his treatment of the obligation to bring karbonos with a person's obligation. Mitzvah ha'asei l'hakriv kol ha'karbonos b'beis ha'bechira. That's not how he starts that it's a positive commandment to bring all the karbonais in the chosen house. No, he starts like this. He starts with the karbonais. He says, kulam, all the karbonais, mitzvah asei lahakri beves habchira. He doesn't begin with a mitzvah for a person to bring karbonais. He begins with the fact that karbonais have to be brought in the base habchira. From this we learn that the obligation to bring karbonos dafka in in, in Yerushalayim, the base hamidrash, ain't a raktnai ba'ifin hakrava mitzad hamakriv hagavra, is not just one of the um, a tnai is a uh, a condition. It's not just one of the conditions for how you bring a karbon that begins with your obligation to bring a karbon. So you're beginning with the gavra. You're beginning with the person. I need to bring a karban. Okay, what are the conditions? No. But actually, through his terminology, the Rambam is alluding hugam mitzada karbona is a But that this clause, as it were, this um, tnai, this um, 
I'm blanking again on the word tonight. This condition flows not from the person's obligation, but it flows from the carbon. It flows from the place. We might say that this is because of the reason that we gave above. Because once there's a place that Hashem has chosen, a house that Hashem has chosen, a place that Hashem is going to rest, his shechina, then that also causes the obligation in the cheft of the karbonis, that you have to bring them in this house. So the obligation flows from the house and also spills over to the karbonis rather than the obligation beginning with the person and then you say, okay, where should the person do this mitzvah? That is the sicha for today. And I'm just wondering about us davening nowadays um, in the place of karbanas. So if there isn't, like, how does that fit in? Uh, Sipa, you want to you wanna, um, turn off the recording? <laughs>